Whilst there are multiple disturbing interviews, some of the worst come from conversations with killers. So, from the woman who shot her own children, to the man who murdered a family. Join us. Responsible for the murders of five women, at only the age of 21, Bernard Giles was fortunately captured in 1974. More recently, Giles was interviewed by broadcaster Pierce Morgan. That day that you went out when you did kill for the first time, was that a morning when you woke up <coughs> and you were with your wife and daughter and you just, something hit you and you went, No. Today may be the day? Every day may be the day. Mm. Every day? Mm. Every day mm. may be the day. Mm. Do you know the name of your first victim? No, sir. Not now. I... Jerry, Nancy Jerry. Do you know anything about her life? I found out later. She was a singer in a, uh, in a bar. That, that was it. Tell me what happened. We picked her up in Titusville. There's a wooded area, and I pulled off the road. What does she look like? Um, a little shorter than me. Um, fairly well built. Pretty, but not particularly pretty. Brown hair. That's about it. And at what point did she realize that you were going to harm her? Well, not necessarily that I was going to harm her. Because, you know, most of them don't assume you're, gonna, you're actually going to, to kill them. Most of them assume it's a rape or something like that. And what did you then do? I told her to get out of the car, and that's when she became afraid. You know, uh, up to that point, I assumed that she thought it was just going to be a rape. I walked her over next, in front of a tree, and then I shot her. Just like that? Yes, sir. And what were you feeling as you did that? I mean, the thing is, is, you know, what is your passion in your life, you know? What is the thing that you like to do more than anything else? And you're doing it. it you are so there that it, you can almost, it's like you can see the atoms vibrating. I mean, it's just, it's difficult to describe. Soon after the killings, his wife and daughter left the trailer park and moved out of the state. He would never see them again. You lost a wife, you lost your daughter. I lost everything. You lost everything, yeah. And do you know what happened to your daughter? What Have you that? ever heard from her? No, no, sir. How does that make you feel? What can you do with that? We had a, we had a picture... when you see your daughter? I don't know exactly. When you look at your own daughter that age, smiling, innocent, happy, what do you feel about the, the young woman you killed? I, I don't put those together. I mean, what would you feel about a man 
who snatched your daughter and terrorised and raped and killed her. I totally wouldn't appreciate it. That, that's it? That's how you'd feel? Like I said, I certainly wouldn't appreciate it. Believed to have killed around 70 people, 49-year-old Tommy Lynn Sells was executed in 2014. Years earlier, on November 18, 1987, he brutally murdered the Dardine family. Sells had first overpowered the father, 29-year-old Russell, then severed his penis and shot him dead. <laughs> After this, he'd raped Russell's wife, 30-year-old Elaine, before using a baseball bat to beat her and their two-year-old son, Peter, to death. Finally, as the severity of the beating caused Elaine to go into labour, Sells killed their newborn baby girl. together about how many you killed, the question is, and you think um, your answer is what? You kind of sold me up in, 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 in a, a uh, uh, I don't know, you know, do the math, uh, a couple, three year, four year, for 20 years, what, what does that add up to? 50 to 70, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that, okay. probably more. Some of the people you killed, they could be men, they could be women, they could be kids. It was like an equal opportunity. I didn't form a, a pattern as most. Yeah, it was like anybody was fair game. It did not matter. Blood is blood. Uh-huh. It didn't matter man, woman, child. Yeah, no more thrill to kill the mayor of the town than the, the homeless guy on the street. No. Quite a few times, not all the times, but quite a few times, it was a mother and a kid. And I have an answer for that. Okay. And, and I thought hard about that because it's been like smacked up inside my head a time or two. Uh, I know what I went through as a child. The nightmares, the, the, the drama, the reality of, of who I was and, and what was done to me. I never wanted that to the, happen to another person. I had something against that person. Uh-huh. And, 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 and there was another person there that witnessed it. I didn't want them to uh, carry that on their shoulder the rest of their life. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, you were putting out of the misery they would have had if they had to live through all that. That's the best I can answer it. If it was just a question of putting the other person, besides the one that you were targeting, out of the misery of having to live life with missing mama or missing, you know, whoever. Um, maybe you would have gone about it in a gentle way. Is there a gentle way? Yeah. Oh, How you know when they'd strap you to a gurney that, that everything inside of you just ain't burning up? In one case, Sells murdered an entire family, bludgeoning a pregnant woman, her three-year-old, and her unborn baby to death. It's, it's the sensation of, of, of the blood. It's the sensation tying that scarf around your neck and, and just watching your eyes. It just, it's, it, it's, it's the sensation seeing, seeing that skin pull apart. 
it, it's, 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 it's sensation sticking that knife in and, and just pulling and, and knowing it's sharp enough just go all the way up. Was there anything different the first time when you killed a person? Was there a different rush, a different feeling? That first one, I can still see it in slow motion. Uh -huh. and, and each one after that became more... Speeded up? More routine. I, I can't find the dragon I'm chasing no more. Yeah. I can't find that rush, that, that, same, that same release of anger uh -huh. I felt that first time. So there was a release of anger? Oh, without a doubt. It, it's like busted a piece of glass and, and there's just little shivers all up in there. Sowell seemed to feed off his own anger, of which there was no shortage. He became addicted to the release of this anger, which occurred through violent means. Paradoxically for Sells, evil for him was other people. Today, I might say, you know, Tommy, Dr. Stone, he's okay. And tomorrow I might wake up and say, you know that bastard, he, he, he tried to slide a slip one in on me. You understand? I do. That's why there's this glass. <laughs> you think? Admittedly, the Ann Downs isn't a serial killer, but that isn't through a lack of trying. In 1983, after a string of short relationships, the Ann finally found love in her co-worker, Robert Knickerbocker. Robert, however, rejected her, stating he had no interest in being a father to her three children, Christiane, Cheryl Lynn, and Danny. Subsequently, on May 19th, 1983, the Ann pulled over onto the side of a quiet road and shot each of them multiple times. She then shot herself in the arm and drove to the nearest hospital. Tragically, Cheryl was already dead, while Stanny was paralyzed and Christy barely alive. Meanwhile, Diane told doctors that they'd been attacked by a bushy-haired man who had attempted to hijack the car. Police though were skeptical, and after a lengthy investigation, arrested her on February 28th, 1984. We were just out, I guess, sightseeing, I guess you'd say. And the kids got tired. They fell asleep in the car. So I decided to just head on home. But I saw a road I hadn't been on before. We liked to take back roads. And just went down that road. And there was a guy standing in the road, flagging me down. So I stopped. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Why would I have taken my kids to the hospital? Wouldn't I have made sure they were dead and then cried crocodile tears? That's insane to think that I would do such a thing and then bring the, the witnesses in against myself. That's crazy. Christy woke up, and as I say, she may be the only one to get me out of this. Would I have brought her to the hospital? Wouldn't she be the one that I would make sure is dead? There are too many holes in it. When this man shot my daughter, my first reaction was to snap back to my childhood, to the pain that had happened to me back then, my marriage, my entrapment by society. This man was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. He had more power because he had a gun. And I stood there and I looked at Christy reaching and the blood that just kept gushing out of her mouth. And, and I, what do you do? Everybody says you sure were lucky. Well, I don't feel very lucky. I couldn't tie my damn shoes for about two months. It is very painful. It is still painful. The scar is going to be there forever. I'm going to remember that night for the rest of my life, whether I want to or not. I don't think I was very lucky. I think my kids were lucky. If I had been shot the way they were, we all would have died. You can't replace children, but you can replace the effect that they give you. 
And they give me love, they give me satisfaction, they give me stability, they give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy, and, and that's gone, they took it from me. But children are so easy to conceive. At night when I close my eyes, I can see Christy reaching her hand out to me while I'm driving, and the blood just keep coming out of her mouth. And that, maybe it'll fade too with time, but I, I don't think so. That haunts me the most. Arguably the most infamous serial killer of all time. You've likely seen most of Ted Bundy's interviews. However, there is one very rare and disturbing recording that few have heard. In it, Bundy describes the murder of 18-year-old student, George Ann Hawkins. I was moving up the alley using a, uh, a briefcase and some crutches and a young woman walked down and about halfway down the block I encountered her and asked her to help me carry the briefcase which she did and we walked back up the alley basically when I reached the car what happened was I knocked her knocked her unconscious with the crowbar and uh, I handcuffed her and put her in the driver's I mean the passenger side of the car and drove away one of the things that makes it a little bit, well, among the things that makes it difficult is that uh, at this point she was quite lucid talking about things. It's, it's funny, it's, it's fun, funny, but it's odd the kinds of th things people say in, under those circumstances. She had a Spanish test the next day and she thought that I had taken her to help tutor me for a Spanish test. The long and short of it was that, that I, again, knocked her unconscious and strangled her. Can you hear that? The Hawkins girl's head was severed and taken up the road about 25 to 50 yards and buried in a location about 10 yards west of the road on a rocky hillside. By this time, it was almost dawn. On this particular morning, I, I was just absolutely, again, just shocked, kind of scared to death, shocked, horrified. About, and I went down the road, throwing the briefcase, the, the, the crutches, the rope, the clothes, just tossing them out the window. And the crowbar, everything. Handcuffs, everything. I got to get mad at myself a few weeks later because I'd have to go out and buy another pair. I mean, it's not comical, but that's what would happen. This was just... I was in a, a sheer state of panic, of just absolute horror, you know. Uh, it's like, at that point in time, consciousness of what has really happened. It's like you break out of a fever or something. I would, that is. And uh, so I would. I drove. <laughs> Talk about details coming back. I couldn't find one of the shoes, so I thought it was there, but it wasn't. So I went back. This was a, This was the next day. Got on my bicycle, rode back to that little parking lot. I knew there were police all over the place by that time. So I went back to that parking lot and I found both pierced ear, the, the pierced earrings and the shoe laying in the parking lot. So I surreptitiously gathered them up and rode off. So, there you are. 